This episode of Popular Mechanics' Most Useful Podcast Ever is brought to you by Braintree. If you're working on a mobile app and searching for a simple payment solution, check out Braintree. With one simple integration, you can offer your customers every way to pay, period. To learn more, and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com useful. I had surgery to reattach my hamstring to my butt about three months ago, and when you're going to physical therapy twice a week, you become kind of an armchair orthopedist. You're constantly thinking about your posture, which muscles you're flexing while you stand or sit, and which body parts hurt and why. It reminded me about a few years ago, a coworker and I made an agreement to send each other an email every few hours to stop sitting all curled up in some weird position. We called it sitting like a jerk. Basically, he would email me and tell me to stop sitting like a jerk. And clearly I didn't, because I think sitting like a jerk at my desk probably contributed to me tearing my hamstring in the first place. According to the health hype machine on the internet, sitting at work contributes to pretty much every health ill you can imagine. Tight hip flexors, back problems, obesity, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, even bad moods. So lately in our office, people have been trying to fix it by standing up. First, our tech editor built a standing desk, and then the boss in the corner office did it. And then it was open season. There's a guy on the other side of our floor who has one now. Two of our editors this morning told me about their plans to build them. And there's even this giant exercise ball that's floating around that all of our editorial assistants seem to be sharing. There's a different person sitting on it every day. It's so confusing. To build a standing desk, all you need is a small table that you can use to lift your monitor to eye level, and a shelf that will hold your keyboard and mouse so that you can comfortably reach it with your elbows bent at 90 degrees. You can buy a setup like this for a couple hundred bucks online, or you can build one out of about $20 worth of Ikea furniture. Or you can build a really nice one out of poplar wood, which is what we did for the Popular Mechanics October issue. I'm about to build my own standing desk, but I couldn't help wondering how much of all this good news is hype. Are standing desks the new juicing? I hate juicing. I'd rather stand all day than drink nothing but juice. show, we're going to talk to Dr. James Levine, a professor of medicine at the Mayo Clinic and author of Get Up, Why Your Chair is Killing You and What You Can Do About It. We'll also talk to our editor-in-chief, Brian D'Agostino, about what he's noticed just from three weeks of standing at work. And then, in the interest of streamlining your fitter, happier, standing in your life, we talk to our tech editor, Alex George, about how to take your iPhone from slow, infuriating brick to speed machine. We test a water bottle that's supposed to keep liquids cold for 24 hours, and we figure out the absolute best way to take a selfie ever. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler, and this is the most useful podcast ever. We have with us James Levine, who is a doctor of endocrinology and professor of medicine at the Mayo Clinic, and also the author of Get Up, which is a book about standing and why it is much better for you than sitting. Um, We're going to talk to him about why it's a good idea to have a standing desk. Uh, Dr. Levine, welcome. Thanks for joining us. What an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, so first of all, uh, I've been telling, we've been talking about the fact that in our office, we're, we're up to three people with standing desks. I'm actually next. I'm really excited about it. Um, what is it about sitting that's so bad for you? Right. So sitting is independently associated with about 34 different chronic diseases and conditions ranging everywhere from metabolic issues such as diabetes and hypertension through cardiovascular disease, joint problems such as, you know, bad back, swollen ankles, but also and importantly including issues such as depression and low mood, 
and that sense of feeling blue. And in addition to that, somewhat surprisingly, excess sitting is also associated with certain types of malignancy, particularly breast cancer. Wild. What, and why, why, what is it about sitting that does that? If, if one considers that, say, 200 years ago, nearly all people were up and moving throughout their entire day, and certainly no one drove to work, and certainly no one put up their feet and watched TV in the evening, over the last 200 years, the way humans live has dramatically and fundamentally changed. We now, our default position is on our bottom, right? Whether that is at work, on the way home, or at home. Default is on your bottom. And the human being simply isn't designed to do that. And so what it now appears to be the case is that excess sitting is sort of, if you like, the segue to a whole myriad of physical, psychological conditions because it is sort of counter to the fundamental design of the human. Right. And so what, what mediates that, though? Is it, is it stress hormones? Is it just not, is it because you're not getting exercise that should be giving you endorphins? Is, I mean, is there, is there some one or, or several things that, that make that happen to people? Yes. Take a simple example. If one is seated for a substantial period of time and you eat a meal, what actually happens is your triglycerides and your blood sugar climb to mountainous levels over about two to three hours. If, on the other hand, you were to eat a meal and then take a stroll in the field, so I don't mean work in a field, but stroll, take a 15-minute stroll after that meal, that mountainous peak in triglycerides, blood cholesterol, and blood sugar would be halved, literally halved. At a molecular level, what is happening is that the muscle cells, by sitting too long, are becoming insulin-resistant, resistant to the impact of insulin. Insulin drives blood glucose from the bloodstream into the cells. High blood glucose is linked with type 2 diabetes. Now, if you remain seated after that meal, your body remains resistant to the effect of insulin and that blood sugar therefore remains high for a very protracted period of time linked to diabetes. Right. However, not, not only is it insulin, but it is also things such as the insulin-like growth factors which independently are associated with the generation of malignancies. And so therefore you get the sense that the whole molecular machine, the entire human body, simply isn't designed to sit too much. And all it takes, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to walk on a treadmill to get this. You just stand up. That's all it takes. Well, that's a very, very interesting question. Interestingly, when you look at the calorie burn, standing up actually doesn't do you too much good. And in fact, standing still has its own series of harmful issues, namely swelling of the ankle, varicose veins, and so on and so forth. What we really want people to do is to get up off their bottom and move because as soon as you stroll, which is exactly what I'm doing right now, I am burning an extra 150 calories per hour. Where are you, where are you were, strolling right now? Are you, you're, are you walking around? I'm outside? literally, I'm no, oh, <laughs> <laughs> 113 degrees outside, my friend. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm literally strolling up and down my apartment as I speak to you. 
Oh, wow. And that is, yeah, which is exactly the kind of thing that the listeners can do too, right? While listening to this podcast, please get up and have a stroll around, unless, of course, you're driving. <laughs> In which case, remain seated, please. <laughs> now, now, right. Now, now you, might, you might express concern about what I've just said, because you are eagerly awaiting the arrival of your standing desk. I am. And this doctor, and this doctor has just said, standing doesn't cut it. <laughs> but here is what the data shows. The data shows that when people interestingly get standing desks, it isn't just standing that they do. People who get standing desks inevitably actually do move substantially more. They amble around. If it's in an office environment, instead of emailing a colleague across the office, predominantly, I think, because they can actually see the person, they walk across the office and go and speak to them, and so on and so on and so forth. So getting off your bottom, you could say, is step one. But once you're off your bottom, stand up, then move. Right. So it's kind of right. It's kind of like you, you have an increased field of vision and you're already standing and you're probably, you know, your legs are tired. So you might as well just walk over and get a water or see somebody else. And you, that is exactly what happens. It's actually quite fascinating. And people will actually, by simply getting people off their bottom, people will end up walking one to two hours extra a day. It's really quite impressive. That is amazing. It is really interesting. So, okay, so if you don't want to get any of these negative uh, effects from standing at a desk, say, you know, I would prefer not to have varicose veins from standing at my, my desk all day. Oi. How should you How should you stand? So our team isn't necessarily overt advocates of standing desks. It's more that what that does, as you said, is get people off their bottoms so that when you and I now have this meeting, as we now have, it's a walk and talk meeting. Mm-hmm. And that's where the real benefits are going to be seen. If you're at a standing desk, of course it is important that you sort of uh, don't stand stock still, that you ambulate around. But also, if you like, become conscious of the opportunities to actually walk beyond the standing position. Okay. As I mentioned to you, that actually becomes an interesting inevitability. And I will give you an example from my own fascinating life to explain this. <laughs> Uh, so in my office, in my office at, in, in uh, Scottsdale, I have an office in Scottsdale, I actually do, like you're saying, have a standing desk. I don't have a treadmill desk. We couldn't afford it. I've got a treadmill desk at my other office in uh, Tempe. Um, so in that office, I have a printer literally um, two and a half foot from my computer. But I also have a posh printer, the shared printer, about, you know, 50 feet away from my office. So instead of printing to the printer next to me, what I do is I print to the one down the corridor. And I'm telling you, when I'm at work on a Sunday, I could do 15 walks backwards and forwards working on a manuscript that I'm printing out because what I've done, now that I'm off my bottom, is I've precipitated a whole series of mini walks as part of the integral of my day. And that is the trick here. Right. So even if you weren't going to get a standing desk, you could just artificially make reasons for yourself to just keep getting up, and it would be at least Correct. somewhat effective. Well, it's very, very interesting. I would remove, I would cross out in a big red pen the word somewhat, because the data suggests it's actually effective. And the reason for that is if you can entrain yourself over about three weeks, about 21 days, the data suggests, 
you kind of get habituated to being up and moving. And so the trick is, you're right, when you start out in training mode, you've got your new standing desk, you're feeling kind of cool, you're part of the new crowd, you're working the modern way, right? But now you're starting to do your walk and talk meetings, you're starting to do a little bit. I've been to offices, I've got to tell you, where they dance every hour, it's kind of crazy <laughs> but cool. I, I kid you not, I kid you not, I've seen it in action. Every hour they all get up and dance, it's hysterically funny. But once you get into the habit of doing this, what you actually find is that you inevitably actually adopt the behaviors and you actually become a walker at work. And one other thing, because there's like a sort of a special bonus too for the price of one deal going on here, as soon as you actually adopt these practices as part of your work day, guess what happens? It washes into your home life as well and you become more active at home. So here's one. Here's an interesting question. Our, um, while we were all doing this, while the entire office has been kind of playing around with standing desks and more healthy desks, our deputy editor got one of those physio balls and has been sitting on, you know what I'm talking about, those squishy balls yeah. that people sit on that are supposed to help your form. Are those any good? What, is, what do those do? Now, my attitude to those is the data do not suggest specifically that those individuals will inevitably become that much more healthy. And I really haven't squeezed enough abdomen to tell you whether the, you know, whether, you know, whether the abdominal muscles truly benefit. So however, 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 what is, however, important are two things. First of all, those individuals who do bring in those Swiss balls, by definition, are working in progressive and modern companies that recognize that people may want different options. Okay, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, what is critical thing is that those individuals who do that clearly are individuals who are so self-motivated to be leaders in their own work environment. They are willing to kind of look a bit strange, look a bit odd, because they know that this is a healthy option for them. And what it tells me is, of course, those people are going to do better on their health scores, on their, on their body mass index, on their health outcomes, because these are naturally motivated individuals who take their own health very seriously. And so, therefore, I am extremely respectful of people who do those kind of things. Mm -hmm. But so right. So, but it 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 may not it may not be as effective as as a standing desk. But it may be just indicative that a person's interested in their own fitness. But what you're saying is that I, what you're saying is that I should go and poke my deputy editor in the abs. Uh, I would never ever recommend <laughs> such a thing. I would, however, recommend that you go up to your deputy editor express your admiration and ask if your deputy editor would like to go for a walk and talk meeting. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Well, th thank you. Thank you so much for talking to my us. Pleasure. Um, yeah, this is great. I'm still, I'm even more excited about my standing desk now and, uh, and I feel like I have a better sense of how it works. We have with us here Ryan D'Agostino, our editor-in-chief, who is the latest convert to the standing desk brigade in our office. I think we're up to three. Um, I'm about to be the next one. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, Ryan, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, have you noticed anything health-wise since you have started standing all day? Yes, and for the record, I think I'm a convert. It's been about a month, so I, like, I think I like it. Yes, I notice. I think it's a lot of psychology. I feel like I'm healthier. Okay. I feel like my back doesn't hurt as much. I feel like I have that, 
I'm good tired at the end of the day. Like I'm tired at the end of the day. You feel my legs, like I'm, you feel a, a measure of physical fatigue, but in a good way, like when right. you were working in the yard. I mean, not that much because it's not that hard to stand up all day. But, <laughs> you know, when you sit all day, it's, it's, you feel horrible and your body doesn't work and it's hard to get up. So, yeah, you don't, I don't get that anymore. Right. And you sit in, I, I sit in terrible positions too. Oh, you I'm, slump and yeah. you, you know, um, horrible posture. So standing up, you can't slump, you can't slouch because the keyboard is at a certain level. The things right. at a certain level, you have to keep your head at the screen. So you, you kind of have to stand up in well. Right. And it's good. I sit near Alex George, who is our tech editor, who has, he was one of the first people in our office. He was to have the on. inspiration. Right. Yeah. And and I listen to people walk by his desk whenever he's sitting down, which he does occasionally. And they'll say, what, what, are, you, what are you sitting for? Why are you sitting? Yeah. So, um, so then you're like standing guy. And, right. You're you the know. standing guy. Yeah. So. But you do sit. You have to sit sometimes, too. Basically, it makes you spend, it makes me spend less time in front of my computer, working on my computer. Because you just sort of do what you need to do, and then you're not going to sit there like scanning the news or doing whatever. You click away from your email for a few minutes. You just, it's more efficient. You don't just do that thing where you just kind of sink deeper and deeper into your chair, staring at your screen all day. <laughs> Is there anything you hate about it? No, I, I, um, people, you have to talk about it every time. Some, every time a new person comes into my office, that we have, oh, you're standing. He has oh. my standing desk. Has, well, let me tell you about my standing desk. <laughs> but uh, I don't mind that. You know, it t- it takes some getting used to. You know, I was very enthusiastic at first, and I didn't know how, how long it would last. But now it just seems like it's kind of normal now. It feels normal. Right. And if enough people did it, that you wouldn't have to answer that question well, every more time. more people would do it. If you would do it, then <laughs> then I would be less of a uh, the weirdo in the office, me and Alex. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm digging it. Um, so your standing desk isn't, a, isn't one you bought, right? It, it's one that we built? As a matter of fact, yes. It's a, it is, will be featured as a project in Popular Mechanics, the magazine. Next month in our October issue, one of our contributing editors, Richard Romanski, came up with this beautiful and elegant design, which you can make yourself at home easily in a in a weekend for sure, and maybe a day. It's it's uh it's all wood. He came up with this because we were talking about this as a trend, and these things are kind of expensive, and right. that can be an obstacle I know for some employers or even some people at home. So this is a good answer. Right? How much? I mean, how much on average do you think these would cost? Hundreds, I know they can really? be in the hundreds of dollars, yeah, um, or, or and probably more. You know, it can right. probably go. You can probably pay whatever you want. I think if 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 the trend does go on, that maybe it'll become part of the office furniture vernacular. So you know, instead of a cubicle, you'll have one of these things or something. So right. um, I think I think that's the hope. But because I know for now, um, yeah, it's 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 they're not just maybe going to order one up for you because they're pricey. Right. Yeah. So, so they maybe, should just make the one that we designed. So you're saying that uh, as as my boss, I can't demand a standing desk, uh, demand for you to buy me a standing desk. I think you should try because we work for a large corporation. We'll just run it up the chain. I've been working at Hearst for a few years now, and I asked for one four or five years ago because I was having back pain. And they were like, no, we, we only have three and they're being used. And I was like, what? But I don't, I don't know if there was demand, and I know they are expensive, so they don't... I mean, I, I get that they can't just have, a, like, a warehouse full of these ready for anyone who pipes up. So, uh, but again, I think maybe that'll change. Um, but I, 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 I think there is value in, in making the request and making there are, you know, your needs known, because then I think things might start to change. Right. Right, and it's a lot better for everyone if everyone's healthier. Say that again. What? <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Welcome. 
our tech editor, Alex George, here to help me with a problem that I am currently having um, to an extreme degree. Uh, my cell phone, my iPhone, is very old and very terrible and very slow. It's slow enough that it makes me crazy. What can I do to fix it? Okay, so I found this solution after I, my phone. It had like this red line that was going across the screen whenever it was turned on. It was annoying the hell out of me. I went to the Apple Genius Bar, and when this guy showed me the solution, I wanted to kiss him on the lips. It was so helpful, and I've used it a whole bunch ever since. So if you actually want to make like a really old phone like feel and pretty much run like new, you got to do this thing where you erase everything on it and start it as a new phone, as in don't do it as a backup, which sounds a whole lot worse than it is. I'm, I'm terrified of this right now. It sounds way worse than it is, but I promise it is completely worth it. This is what I do like probably once a month just because of all the apps I cycle through. I make a list of the ones that I want to hold on to, and then once you have that and you've got you know, your passwords and everything written out, so what you got to do is so you go through settings, system, uh, and then all the way at the bottom, there's a reset part, and it's erase all content and settings. I'm not going to do this right now, but I'm going to look at this. So, okay, it, it erases all your content, and then what? Like, the, what, Then what do you get? It erases everything. And this is the part I actually kind of like. It comes back. It takes maybe like 90 seconds or so to do this process. And when you turn it on, it's like you got it fresh out of the box. Like, you know how you felt when you were like turning it? It's like, welcome to iPhone. Oh, it does it's, that? It feels kind of good when you do that. And you just re-download all of your apps. That sounds worse than it is, but it's actually, I like it because it just makes me get rid of all the crap that I never actually use. Uh -huh. And then from there, you're going to have, it's going to fix almost every single problem. It sounds like a, it sounds like a great idea, but I, it's still, I'm still a little scared. I thought the exact same thing. I promise it took, it takes me maybe, oh, I don't know a total of 15 minutes whenever I do it every, I don't know, every month or every two, certainly. You don't need to do it nearly that often, but it really only takes about that long and it will feel like a brand new phone when it starts up again. This episode of Popular Mechanics' Most Useful Podcast Ever is brought to you by Braintree. Braintree is code for easy online payments. If you're a mobile app developer, check out Braintree. It's the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Munchery. Maybe you're building an app for your business, or maybe you just deleted all the apps off your phone and have to build a new one from scratch. Braintree can make your payment experiences seamless. With excellent customer service and simple integration, Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. It also gives you a complete payment solution. It has support for all payment types your customer might want, including PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, even credit cards. And that's across all platforms. And Braintree's continuous support, plus fast payouts, means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. To learn more, and for your first $50,000 in transactions, fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com useful. That's braintreepayments.com useful. It's time again for the Popular Mechanics Testing Roundtable, and we are here in the Popular Mechanics Workshop. I have Lara Sorokanich, who is an editorial assistant here. Welcome, Lara. Hi. And I also have Roy Berenson, uh, my co-host. Hi, Jackie. Yeah, welcome, guys. And Lara, let's start with you. How did you find what, you were te what you're testing? Yeah, so I'm testing a corksicle bottle. Basically, I was walking by the Popular Mechanics free table, um, and so picked it up, looked at it, read the little pamphlet that came with it, um, and it told me that it would keep something cold for 25 hours or hot for something less than that, I think like 12 or 13 hours. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, oh, sounds cool. That following weekend, I was going to the beach, and I was like, oh, I need a bottle. And I 
threw some ice and water in this bottle and took it to the beach with me. I got there, I threw it in the sand. A number of hours later, probably five or six hours later, I opened it up and there was ice still in it. That's amazing. I how how hot was it? It was hot. It, it was, was really, hot. really hot. And this was sitting in the sun. This was like, I don't have a cup holder, so I'm gonna just stick it in the sand. And this is this is like this is metal. It looks a little like a cocktail shaker. You put cold water in it this morning. What did you put it in this morning? I filled it up about halfway with ice cubes and I just put water in it and I haven't opened it since. So, so. let's well let's open it now and see what happened. Okay. Moment of truth. Moment of truth. Um so there is no ice. There's which no is ice. Disappointing. Oh, that is disappointing. I was looking forward to some ice in my ice water. Maybe I put. Did you put the same amount of ice? I don't. I was just gonna say I. I really wasn't regulating my ice levels um, when I went, but. And to taste it. Is it cold? Mm. It's really cold. Oh, it's really cold. Yeah. It's okay. Not well, like lukewarm. It's like. Out of, you just look like you just got like brain freeze. Mm, yeah, I think my my cells are kind of freezing up right now. It's so cold. No, um, but, but it it's is not cold. cold on the outside. It's well, I think that's the the magic of it. Yeah, because it doesn't sweat either. That yeah. too. Yeah, that's Which pretty cool. very helpful for your beach bag. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's definitely cold. Well, let's uh, let's talk to Roy now. Um, Roy has another cool item that uh, I, I definitely want that water bottle. Mm-hmm. But um, now I, I want Roy's thing too. Um, Roy, you were testing lamp, lamps, and you have uh, all these lamps over here. Yeah, they're they're um, uh, what are called drop lights because they have a have a hook at the top. Everybody's seen these things. You know, it's a it's a light bulb. Seen these ones? You have this one over here that has like a cage around it. Yeah, it's dec- like a, it's like an incandescent light bulb surrounded by a cage. Yeah, I feel like this is what it makes me think of a mine. Yeah, like you're in a, yeah, you're a minor. It's, yeah, it's very industrial. So what you're, so the things you're looking at are like replacements for these. They're like better versions. Yeah, of these. yeah. The lights we tested are um, LED and they're rechargeable and they have great features. So how do you, te- how did you test these? When you, if you're going to test a lamp, oh. like what is, how's one test well, a lamp? You, you look at them and what you can see in a dark space. Uh, you want to see how well that magnet works. Does the magnet actually hold the lamp in place? You knock them over. You knock them over. Yeah, see, you see if you knock. Them. See if you break the the light bulb. Yeah, yeah. No, they're um, they're reasonably durable, and the light quality is very good. They're much um, you know brighter than I would have thought. Can we try it? Can we turn off the lights and turn this on? Uh, in I guess here? I guess we could. Yeah. Oh God, you probably should have turned it on first. <laughs> oh, that's pretty bright. Yeah, I can I mean, see everyone in this room. I can yeah. see Lara. Yeah, no, I mean, it's Hi. <laughs> over there, Larry, you can, you can read, you know, you can read from it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can read this. Clearly, right? Yeah. You know, until you With go this, up. How long is that going to last? Like, is that a good idea for me to get in case there's a hurricane or a uh, snowstorm? Absolutely. You know, this one, you can, you can also charge, um, I mean, you could actually charge your cell phone from this thing. When, when this is When this battery is powered up. You know, it's got a port in here for charging. Oh, that's awesome! That's I, really cool. I seriously think I need that in case of emergency. Well, it's it's not a bad it's not a bad idea. Wait, so I want to show you what I'm testing. Um, actually, Jack, Jack, our producer, can I borrow your computer? Can you put your computer where I can use it? Okay, I'm gonna I don't have to stand up to do this. Yeah, so just set that like just place it against the computer, up high. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wait. <laughs> this is why I need to be doing it. Um. So Jackie is trying to stick the back of her iPhone to Jack's laptop. It's not, it's not working. It's been working for like weeks. Using deductive reasoning, I'm assuming it's magnetic. No, it's not magnetic. Okay, so. It's not magnetic. 
Okay, so I can't believe it's not working now because it's been working. <laughs> it's been working amazing. I've been like so excited about this thing for like weeks. It's called the Extraverso Smart Cover, um, and basically it is a type of plastic on the back of it. It's a mm-hmm. um, it's a resin that sticks to glass, mirrors, uh, tile, anything. So if you want to take a selfie or something, mm-hmm. it's like the novelty factor is super cool because you just walk up to a glass like a glass window, window in a bar or something and you just like you're like hey guys look and you just set it up there and people are like how does it do I don't understand and everyone wow. just goes crazy which is what I was trying to do but it doesn't work on your computer oh, for some reason <laughs> it's so it's so terrible when it doesn't work because yeah. then you look like an idiot but um <laughs> so um so I I've been calling it like the best way to take a selfie ever yeah um you'd have to use your timer though uh no nah, yeah it depends you you do have to have your finger. You have to touch it with your finger mm. to like hit the button. Yeah. Um, but if you used your timer, that'd be yeah, that'd be even that'd better. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Huh. Um, but it you see what I mean? It feels like it doesn't feel sticky. Yeah, it doesn't feel sticky, but it feels kind of like you can see how it could stick to something. Yeah. But it's not sticky. I don't think I would expect it to stick to something. Yeah. It's kind of got the texture of one of those like. 3D stickers that you got when oh, you were like yeah. a kid. Yeah, yeah those puffy That's stickers. What it feels like, yeah. So as we normally end this, I will just uh, I'll just ask you guys whether you would actually pay for the thing that you tested. Um, Lara, would you? You've got the Corksicle Canteen. Would you? You got it from the free table, so it didn't cost you anything. Would you buy this? Yeah, I actually um, went to the beach last weekend with my boyfriend and his whole family, and I bought one as a hostess gift for his mom. Yeah, so I'm really into it. I I thought it was really cool. They come in different sizes. I got a bigger one for them. Um, So yeah, I would pay for it. I did pay for it for a gift. That's awesome. Um, And I'll say um, the one that I'm testing, the Extraverso, it's not actually available in the U.S. yet. They just just did an Indiegogo campaign to get it over here because it's Mm -hmm. only available in Europe. So I'm the only one that has one for now. Uh, that's not true, but I but I'm one of the only people that has one for now. But when it is available, um, I would actually buy it. I think it's super cool. I think um, the novelty of it is just is wild, and it's been really really fun. <laughs> um, and then Roy, you have two lights over there. I think they're both cool, but I I feel like I really need um, the Milwaukee one. For yeah. what, what, what do you think of those? Yeah, no, the Milwaukee is a great product. Plenty of light, hours and hours of light, industrial duty construction. Um, and that's the Milwaukee with the LED lantern and floodlight. Yeah. I'm like reading this off. The yeah, side. no, that's a, that that's exactly right. It's a good choice for for heavy duty use for, you know, again, especially for people who have uh, Milwaukee uh, tools. Uh, and, and for but, card games during hurricanes. Yeah, card mm-hmm. games during hurricanes, you know, all of that stuff. For, look for that review in Popular Mechanics, and, you know, we give you the skinny on that. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Um, thank you, Roy, for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. And thank you, Lara. Thanks. And that's our show. We'd like to thank Sarah Bentley and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Ryan D'Agostino. If you'd like to see links to any of the products we talked about on today's show, as well as selfies we took with my Extraverso iPhone cover, you can find them on our website at popularmechanics.com podcast. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes where you can leave a comment if you want. We've gotten a few more and we're excited to hear what you guys think. Also check out our other Popular Mechanics podcast, How Your World Works, which is about all the cool scientific and techie ways your world works. I'll be on the next episode talking about how architects hope to fix America's prison problem. And by the way, while you're on our website, you can also subscribe to the print and digital editions of Popular Mechanics magazine. Just click subscribe in the top right-hand corner of the homepage. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>